Hey everybody, welcome back to our Sailorville Church podcast. I'm Pastor Jason, and a real privilege to be with you in this venue uh, right now. And I'm here with two of my good friends, Trevor Mears and Jim Grant. And we're going to have a conversation with Trevor and Jim. And uh, these two guys are two of our new deacons here at Sailorville Church. And some of you know what that means, and some of you don't. And uh, some of you may be a little bit confused about what that means. So let me just kind of kick off this conversation. I'm going to read from Scripture what the Apostle Paul says to Timothy about deacons. And you'll notice as you read through the Bible that really there's a, there's a, lot, of, um, there's a lot of silence about deacons, what deacons do, their role in the church, and, and that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of intentionality in that, I think. Partly so that each church, each Bible-believing, gospel-preaching church can... Uh, can, um, can work with deacons and elders and other staff leadership and members of the church in a way that God has led them to do in that specific context. And so we'll talk a little bit about what that looks like here at Sailorville, but let me begin just this conversation with this passage of Scripture. And it's really, um, it's really talking about the qualifications, the character qualifications, the lifestyle qualifications of uh, guys like Trevor and like Jim and like our other deacons and those who have been deacons here before at Sailorville. Deacon is, is really the word there. The original is diakonos, which means essentially to serve. Um, and, uh, and so you'll pick that up as I read the qualifications here. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8, Deacons likewise, Paul says, must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. And they must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, and let them also be tested first, that's important, and let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. And then verse 11 says this, Their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, or essentially a one-woman man, right? And then managing their children and their households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. And so Trevor and Jim are two of our new deacons here at Sailorville, and uh, we're just going to get to know them here over the next couple minutes. So Trevor, let me kind of kick it off with you. Tell us a little bit about who you are, your family, just very briefly, and then uh, Jim will ask you to introduce us to your family as well. Hey, Trevor. You bet. Well, we've been coming to Sailorville for about two and a half years now, and I'll back up and tell that a little bit later. But um, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a Christian home and uh, had Bible-believing parents who made sure we were in church all the time, actually went to a Christian school, went to Bible school. We did the whole nine yards. Um, so I was exposed to the Bible throughout my life. But as I got into adulthood, what I really realized is that I was doing a lot of outward things around my belief. And a lot of my Christianity, as I thought of it, had to do with keeping out word standards that people are looking at me think more defined by what I didn't do than what I actually believed and so in my 20s I really dove deep in apologetics and really started asking a lot of hard questions I want to make sure this is truly my belief and not just something I inherited from my parents because it made them happy not just a habit that I had because it was how I'd always grown up and uh, really solidified my belief uh, in my 20s as an adult and uh, so I grew up in Lincoln Nebraska we moved over to Iowa 20 years ago for a job been over here ever since um, we've got uh, two daughters, Allie, who is almost 20, and Katie, who's 18, is part of the Rise Up ministry here at Sailorville. And that was part of our story that got us to Sailorville. Um, 
about three years or so ago, we, we just felt like we were eager to get into a church that was stronger on evangelism, stronger on discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, and just we needed to grow in those areas. We knew that. And we'd known about Sailorville for a long time. And I just started seeing some some of the videos. I was watching how many people were coming to Christ through Sailorville. I was watching mm-hmm. all the baptisms that were taking place, things like that. And so, you know, that's a church that seems to really be on fire in terms of reaching others for Christ. And to put icing on the cake, we saw rise up. Uh, mm-hmm. So we've got a daughter with special needs and we just were really struggling to figure out what to, what was the right place for her to land. So we saw a church that had a program for her. One, it was important that she would have a place to go. But second, that said a lot about the heart of the church, that that told us this is a church that uh, truly, as the Bible says, cares for the least of these. They have a program, they're trying to serve everybody that they can. So. Uh, we came, we, uh, we went to a, a summer event, then we came, we visited church, and within about a month, we knew this is where we wanted to be. And so we, uh, we came, and after about six months, we became members, and we've been involved uh, since then. So as far as what my uh, family does, my wife is on the counseling team, so she's in the process of getting certified as a biblical counselor right now. Mm-hmm. So she does a lot of work on uh, the ladies' counseling side. Uh, the things I've been involved in is I like to teach quite a bit, so I've been helping out with uh, men's Bible studies, things like that. Also teaching GCR uh, about once a month, our addiction recovery ministry, which is a great thing. People should always just go get some exposure to GCR, see what's going on with that ministry. And then my wife and I lead a small group as well. Yeah. A couple couple things that you know people as they're watching and listening maybe pick out and, and, and um and they maybe resonate with your story in some of these ways. One of the things that I love is when you said when you were in your 20s, you know, God started to really do a work in your heart and in your life where your faith became your own. You really started to work out your salvation, as Paul says. And I, my guess is there's several that are in that boat here mm-hmm. um, that, are, that are experiencing this conversation today. Young adults, maybe late teens, maybe even just a little bit beyond that, that are in that same uh, stage of life that are saying, man, I, this was sort of my parents' deal, and now... Now I'm making it my own. Or maybe they're fighting making it their own. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I guess that's just an interesting part of your story to me, that we probably have a whole lot of people that are listening to this that resonate with that. Um, yeah, the, the what biggest, did that look like? Yeah, I mean, the biggest one for me is really, if you go back a couple of weeks, uh, the sermon that Lucas preached on what is the trait of a Christian is loving others. And that was a big part of that journey for me, is I just started looking at my own heart and I said, well, there's, I have a long list of behaviors I don't do yeah. because that makes me a Christian. But then I thought, but do I actually have a heart for other people? Am I showing grace to people? Am I looking to get in their lives? Not in a way that makes me look good because I'm participating and I can go tell people at church I did something, but because I genuinely care about them. And that obviously is flowing down from what Christ did for us. If we are constantly thinking about all that he's forgiven us for and how God reached out to us while we were still sinners, according to Romans, it just convicted me all the time that it's like, am I looking around at people like that and looking for ways I can go serve them? And again, not to earn favor, not to impress anybody, but generally uh, as a reasonable service back to what uh, Christ has done for me. And as James talks about, you can't be a, a hearer of the word. You have to be a doer also. Uh, and James specifically gives the example of charitable things where, you know, if you give someone or you tell someone, peace be with you, God bless you, and ignore their problem, yeah. you're a hypocrite. You haven't done anything. And those are the kinds of verses that really started sinking into me. So um, that's where I think, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about how Lucas's message really resonated with them because I think that is a very convicting thing for a lot of us. There's a lot of people who go to church and follow certain standards, but they really honestly know they're not really loving other people. And so I think that's uh, that was a big part of it for me. And then, I mean, you just can't underestimate actually getting in the Word in a really meaningful way. I'd always been around the Bible. I'd memorized a lot of verses. But as a kid, you know, I was memorizing these verses as one-off 
yep. packages of words yep. that I barely even understood. And that's not, it's valuable for kids, but it's not the same as actually having a deep relationship with the word and starting to see the, just the overwhelming 360 nature of the story from Genesis to Revelation, how it all ties together. So that was a big part of it, yeah. was taking that part of my life seriously. Yeah. Okay, wow, we're in the first like eight minutes here and we're, we're deep already. I love it. And that's all just introduce us to yourself, you know, and your family. But okay, Jim, the bar's set pretty high oh, here. Man. So, <laughs> so we're going to kick it over to you yeah, unless you want to leave. Yeah, I, I do want to leave now. I, I should have went first. I should have gone alphabetical. Um, but, you know, as Trevor and I, we were in a meeting the other day and we were sharing our testimonies. And uh, uh, thankfully, I did go first that night. <laughs> Uh, you know, we, we just talked afterwards. We have a, a ton of similarities yeah. where, you know, I grew up in a, in a Christian home, a Christian church. I basically went from to church from infancy to uh, to now. And, and so uh, it was kind of natural for me. Um, I heard all the stories at age 11, I think, was the age where it kind of kicked in, where I, where I totally understood. I put the package together. I realized that, that I needed to be saved. And I, you know, that Jesus died on the cross for me. And, you know, so I put that piece together and I asked him, you know, uh, into my heart and said, look, I'm a sinner and, and I need you. Uh, you know, so that was kind of my journey at age 11 where I, where I became a, a, a Christian. At age 17, you know, I'm kind of on the, on the upward, you know, journey there. At age 17, I realized, you know, at that point, I'm not baptized. Why am I not baptized? I kind of researched all that and said, you know, I, I need to do that. And I followed through uh, in believer's baptism at age 17. And then I'm off to the University of Iowa. You know, I'm a Christian kid. I had Christian friends that were there. And I said, you know, where do I, you know, University of Iowa is a big, scary place. I need to, <laughs> uh, you know, I need to plug in. And I, and I started going to Campus Crusade for Christ yeah. with, uh, with some of my, my friends that were already at school. And, uh, you know, and that, I took another huge leap there where I really started getting out of this is my own faith mm. and I'm going to follow this faith for me but I you know what about my neighbors what about you know evangelizing what about uh sharing your faith and, and kind of really the same grew. stage of life that Trevor was kind in of, when he yeah. was working through some of those same but questions. I was a Hawkeye and he was a, a corn husker yeah. I believe you were Go so, big red. Yeah. That's right. so so uh, much different so it was, it was a harder different. journey for him to find truth <laughs> I mean being a Hawkeye he was so, he was much further yeah. away from Jesus yeah, yeah. Okay. Was much <laughs> right. yeah yeah uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but anyway, you know, so yeah, it, it really kind of stretched me at that point, which was a good stretch, and I continued to grow. I really dug into the Word, uh, not because I was told to read it or, hey, read this, but because I wanted to. And I was all over, I was all over the Bible, you know, Old Testament, New Testament, you know, highlighting left and right, a bunch of, a bunch of cool stuff. So that was kind of my growth. Uh, I came back, you know, through my college years, I started... Uh, going to a church called Des Moines Baptist, which is now Grace, uh, and that's where I met my wife. Uh, we got married when I graduated from Iowa and kind of came back to Des Moines and went to the Bible-believing church mm -hmm. that I grew up in. And, and uh, so we've got four kids. Uh, I've got three that are in their 20s. They're all grown. Uh, they're all Christians. I've got a daughter here. Uh, who's in the youth group, and she just turned 16, just started driving, which, oh, yeah. which is awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, and she's really good. She's a really good driver because she's going to watch this. Yeah, video, if so you're watching, you're a if great you're watching, driver. You're a great driver. Uh, and, you know, she really is. But, um, you know, that's just kind of the stage of life where I'm in, where my kids are, are uh, you know, all either up and out of the house or, or getting close to that. So, um, 
it's a it's a huge blessing that all my kids are saved. Yeah, I can't you know take that for granted. I can't you know I, I can't say enough about mm. that. That's just such a huge uh, huge blessing, and and uh, you know you know praise God for mm. for His grace uh, there. But um, for me, from serving in the church, I've always kind of been hey. Uh, if they're asking you to do something, you should probably do it. And I'm on the security team. Whenever they're asking us to greet, we do that. Uh, I've been on the building committee, kind of looking at what we should do here in the in the basement of our of our building, kind of helping out there. That's kind of what I do for for my real job. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of has has been helpful. Uh, and you know, whatever they ask, I've I've taught a few men's Bible study mm-hmm. classes. I kind of have a heart for men growing and yep. continuing to grow. I kind of yep. want to always grow even further in the word and in my journey as as a husband and a, and uh, as a dad and just as a Christian and so I kind of have a heart for other men to to do that as well. So And you and your wife lead a cell group we and do are discipling others in that yep. way as well. Yep. Yeah. So that's been a blessing as well. We've done that for a couple. We participated for a couple yep. years uh, and then have been doing this our second year and that's kind of your cell group plug where you know you should be expanding and growing and and uh, when you're ready to teach your own cell group you should be doing that yeah that's how we do it right we we multiply disciples by multiplying groups and and other ways around here as well but yeah thanks that's a a good (laughs) reminder um jim you said something i think is really important you kind of just touched on this but you you're already serving in a bunch of ways trevor you mentioned a couple areas that you and and terry are Mm -hmm. involved in as well um, I think it's important for us to remember that these guys, as well as our other deacons, um, don't just start serving when they become deacons. So there's already a tested nature here, even mm-hmm. as Paul says, that's one of the qualifications, not just spiritually, but are you already serving? Uh, you don't begin serving when you get that sort of official title of servant or of deacon. You're already serving. Why, just tell us a little bit about why, why that's important. I mean, why would that even be a thing? Why is it important that you're already serving before you become a deacon? Well, it's just kind of natural. You talk about what kind of fruit may be in your life yeah. and what you want to, you know, I don't want to be here at church and just be a consumer. Uh, I don't want to sit in the uh, pews. That tells you how long I've <laughs> we, we used to have pews. In the padded in, chairs. In the padded yeah. chairs. Yeah, right, I just right. don't want to sit there and hear a sermon and go home. Um, you know, my wife is, is serving in, in with the kids in, in the nursery and Somebody's got to do that, and because somebody else needs to be able to sit in in those padded chairs and hear a sermon, and and so it it's you know it takes all of us to kind of even the I'm a behind the scenes kind of guy. I'm probably never going to be up on stage, but I want to see you know everybody can come in and it's it flows. And if there's something that needs done to help others come in and visit and and flow, then then tell me where you need me, and and we'll help out for that. And so. You know, it's kind of the philosophy of go to a service and serve at a service. So sometimes if my wife is serving in the 9.30, we'll go to the 8 yeah. or vice versa. So uh, we're probably here for two, at least two services every every Sunday. Yeah. I love that. You know, serve a service, attend a service, yeah. just, just get involved in serving. If people ask you to do something, you know, really, really consider doing yeah. that. Let your first response be yes kind of thing. I, I like that sort of philosophy. It, That's and good. I, I miss the days with the little mini donuts, because, <laughs> <laughs> especially when, I, you know, when I'm helping behind the scenes you know, I, between services. There's not, it's not many eyes there. I can, always you can sneak see, in and get a donut all once in a while. Yeah, okay. An extra one here and there, yeah. 
that'll come back. COVID's will be over. We'll, we'll bring those donuts back. Some people hear the word servant or serving, and immediately they're, you know, what's conjured up in their minds is this drudgery or, oh my goodness, you know, somebody has to force me to do this and I serve because I have to kind of thing. It's just a duty. That's all it is. Mm. But um, it sounds like you guys are talking about serving being something that's enjoyable, uh, not just to have to, but get to, right? Maybe Trevor, uh, how has serving, even before you were deacon here, how has serving actually been a joy for you? Maybe for you and Terry together. Sure. Um, how how has how has it been different than a drudgery? Yeah, I mean, it's probably it's just aligning what you have natural talents for, and I think that's what it's easy for people who haven't served a lot in a church to think, well, if I don't have the big public facing kinds of skill set, then they don't have a place for me. Like I'm yeah. not a singer. Yeah. I'm not a preacher or whatever yeah. it is. But there are a thousand jobs that need to be done in a church. I mean, just like Jim's talking about, I mean, when it comes to like a facilities thing, I mean, critical, right? Critical role that has to be played. Uh, Tanner behind the camera here, who I've, I've been looking at Tanner behind cameras for a year now. Uh, <laughs> critical role that these guys are playing. So I think it's, think about what are you good at? What are you passionate about? There's probably a place in the church you could use that. And you just, um, just raise your hand. I mean, that's it. Just get in touch with somebody who's, active in the church, whether that's a pastor or a deacon or a small group leader, and just talk about, well, what are you good at? Mm -hmm. you know, what, or what do you have a burden for? If that's, well, I really care a lot about kids or helping men grow, like Jim said, or whatever it is that you're interested in, somebody could probably connect you to a role. Um, so don't, don't be shy to, to say you're interested in helping, I think is the big one, because it's, it's amazing what that can lead to. And before you know it, there's going to be a whole line of things you can contribute to. And that's where that, that joy of serving part comes in because, and I honestly can say there's just, um, like for me, I, I get to do a lot of teaching and the joy for me is I always learn way more than anybody I'm uh, talking yeah, to. Yeah. I mean, so the growth that I get out of it, that I get to dive into a passage and then afterwards that I get to sit and talk with somebody who was in the class and we can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation about it. I mean, I can go home, fly high for a day after that. It's exciting when you get to open the word with somebody. So yeah. Uh, for me, that's where that comes from. For other people, like, that's the last thing I want to do. Great, right? There's plenty of other things you can do that they're probably going to fit right into their skill set. That's a great point. Where, wherever God has gifted you, serve there as much as you possibly can. You know, we talk about, we have a core value here, actually. One of the, one of the characteristics of Christ that we want to imitate and emulate is, is service, serving each other, serving God by serving each other. Uh, and we talk about playing your part or, or doing your job here in the body of Christ, not just at Sailorville as a local church specifically, but yes, here, and then in the global church, of course, as well. But that's exactly what you're talking about. Some are teachers, some are upfront kind of people, some are, you know, the verbal service, and some are maybe a little bit more behind the scenes. And, and they're all important, and God mm -hmm. has given each of us a set of roles to play in the, in the body, right? One thing I would add to that, that you know, you're actually when you're when you're serving wherever you're going to land you actually kind of jump into a little mini community too uh, you get to know a lot of people yeah. if if you're even if you're in the, yeah. on the parking lot yep. team you're going to meet a couple guys that you wouldn't have maybe normal have talked to but you're going to have the chance to to get to know them you know i talked to my wife who served in the nursery hey who was well i was in here with these couple yeah. i didn't really know them before but yeah. we served together and you know we have so much in common you know we have a lot in common she's just telling me about her conversations yeah even while holding babies or the conversations that guys are going to have as they're getting ready for the parking lot team and then you know they're it's it's a way to to join in community even further than your cell group yeah. and even further than you may have even anticipated 
Well, that's a great point. We don't often highlight that part of serving on a team, right, yeah. or, or playing your part. But when you serve together with others, you're actually you're actually building community. Absolutely. Those parking men and women, they're like the Marines. I mean, when, once you've done it, it's like you were, you were once in the parking lot. Oh, I yeah. feel that. How many times I know. Have you driven by them at minus five, <laughs> and you're like, oh man, I, he looks cold, but I'm gonna keep driving to. <laughs> That's right. If you've done that, you've done something. You've done, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But that is a great point. We right. we build unity, we build community when we serve with the right spirit, with the right heart, right? And people around us really catch on to that. So yeah. that's good. That's good. Okay, so what's what's um as a as a husband, as a dad, primarily as a follower of Jesus, this is a personal question here. What oh, is one change or maybe one or two things that God is teaching you right now personally? Or one thing that as we kind of roll over the calendar years, sometimes we start thinking about how do I want to be more like Jesus, characteristics, goals, or, you know, we kind of kick around the word resolution a little bit, which is maybe a dirty word some places because mm -hmm. by February we're mostly done with them. But what's one change that, that you're making right now in your life to be more like Jesus? Not in the official deacon role or anything like that, but as a human being, as a believer, as a husband, a dad, a man of God. Trevor? Yeah, I'm going to say it's, it's ironic that you may use the word resolution because it's kind of like when you make a resolution, you're making a plan for what you intend to do this year. Yeah, and resolving I would, to do something. And I would say mine is basically trust God to work it out for me wow. right? and not be so focused on if I don't know exactly what he's going to have for me at the end of this year or two years from now, then I'm worried about it. So, And that goes right in we're talking about service. Uh, I had someone tell me once, you know, if you're looking for God's will, you can't steer a parked car. So just start trying to serve. Just get involved, and it's going to just lead one thing to another. And yeah, I would, um, I'm going to put in a plug for our, our men's small group studies. We some of us just finished a book called How God Makes Men. Yeah. And we studied ten Bible men yeah. and how God worked in their lives. And Abraham's one of those where he went out not knowing where he yeah. was going. He just started walking. Yeah. And if you look at all these stories of these men we just looked at, they had no clear plan from God. They just had to trust that He was leading them out. So that's. That's a big one for me because I'm a planner. Uh, I like to have the end in mind and work backwards. That's you know all this kind of business training I've had. That like, well, you got to have all these measurables toward the goal. And the, but God's saying, I need you to trust me. That's that's the measurables. Are you trusting me or not? So that's what I'm trying to work on is have faith and get around more people and hear stories of people who truly do trust Him, mm -hmm. and just watch how they just step out, not knowing where the, their foot's going to land. And I I need that. And the book we read, he used the expression that your your faith muscle grows the more mm -hmm. you use it mm -hmm. he said in time it'll become it'll become harder for you not to trust god than to trust him yeah. if you do it enough because you're going to see him come through time after time probably in a way you didn't expect and that's part of the letting go is like he's going to have, do it his way but i think coming out of 20 into 2021 which i i think everybody's asking for a refund on 21 it's <laughs> not panning out like we'd hoped <laughs> i mean what when more in our lives do we need to trust him about the future than than right now yeah. One of the questions that um, that I've heard in the last couple of weeks is what kind of stories do you want to tell by the end of, you know, fill in the blank this month, this season, this quarter, this year, maybe what kind of stories do you want to tell or do you want told? And uh, 
you know, when we when we write our own stories, we we get the blame or we get the credit for those stories. But what you're talking about is living by faith and walking by the Spirit. And who gets the credit when that story is written? Well, it, it's God. Mm-hmm. And all the best stories are written by God. God gets the credit for all of those best stories. And uh, man, a personal challenge and encouragement to me is is just that. To instead of making all these plans and being confused and upset when they don't come true. Just allow God to write the story. Yeah, we still need to plan, but hold on to it lightly, right? You know, make your plans in pencil, as someone has said, and, and, and allow God to write that story. Yeah. His story is going to be way better than anyone we write anyway. <laughs> really we, we, we don't always yeah. believe that. We think we're the best author. <laughs> yeah. like he, he's going to tell a much better one than we think. Yep, right. Yeah, that's good. It's a good way to say that. Jim, how, what's one thing? Uh, one, you know, I was, you mentioned Lucas's uh, sermon the other yeah. day. I appreciated that as well. And uh, as a behind-the-scenes guy, guys mm-hmm. who's concentrating on not being up front. And, concentrating and on not being up front. Not concentrating <laughs> on not being up front and trying to do a good job. So, uh, so far, you're an all-star. So, so you're an all-star, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's very easy to get, hey, I can do all this behind-the-scenes stuff, and I can be really, really busy with it, whether it's, you know, whatever you guys are asking me to do, I can fill up my plate with behind-the-scenes stuff, but I could... Um, you know, forget about loving people. Yeah. And I just get busy doing church activities yeah. that I'm, you know, where am I loving people? Yeah. And, and um, I can do 100% better on that. And, um, you know, so that's one of the things where I would intentionally want to grow this year uh, and continue to uh, serve at the same time, but not use it. Hey, man, I just did all this stuff. I don't think I can really go to this event or I might not invite people to, the steak and corn because I've I've been busy you know it's one of those things with those steak and corn things and those things are here for us to help us reach out and love people and, yep. and that's where I need to do a better job yep that's uh, a great challenge too to, yeah. to me and may, maybe to some that are watching this as well we some people may be tending a little bit more on the organization or behind the scenes or administration side and using that as an excuse Right. Or maybe giving them the benefit of the doubt, just getting so busy in that that we forget about the reasons why those things are actually necessary. Yeah. And that's to help people grow in their walk with Christ, either to meet him for the first time or to become more like him in a in what we might call a discipleship kind of relationship. So yep. that's really good, Jim. So, you know, maybe you're on the side of, of uh, like a behind-the-scenes kind of person like Jim and can get lost in some of that organization and the details of stuff. And it's a good reminder that, you know, Jesus, when he was on earth, what, what was his shtick? He, it's not a good way to talk about Jesus, maybe, but he had a shtick. But his, uh, his goal, his life, yeah. his, his worldview, in a sense, was all about helping people get to know Christ and spend mm-hmm. eternity in heaven, right? Recognize their sin, understand who he was, the Messiah, what he was going to do for them, what he already had. And it was all about engaging with people. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's been a great reminder to me. And thanks thanks for bringing that up again. That's really good. So, so we're at a church um, that takes our understanding about the roles in church from Scripture. Our interpretation is that, that God has given us two, uh, two offices, two official roles in a sense, in the local church, and that's elder or pastor or or, um, or bishop or whatever word we choose to use. We we talk about elders for the most part here, and then deacons. Um, in your experience already here as deacons, how how does that role work together, and then how does that help our congregation move 
forward in the mission of God. Okay, Trevor, how, how does the deacon and elder role and responsibilities kind of go hand in glove and fit really nicely? And then how does that move our congregation forward? That leadership style, that leadership team, how does that really help our congregation? Well, if you look at the book of Acts, I mean, when, when the office of deacon first came along, it was because the apostles were so busy doing the, I guess, kind of the, the logistical work of the sure. church. I yeah. mean, specifically, they were distributing food, money to widows. Yep. Um, and the apostles couldn't get to the teaching that they had to do, yeah. the, the scriptural research, so to speak, the, the preaching. And so the office of and deacon. Prayer. And Yeah. And so the office of deacon came along. And now we already read the qualifications of a deacon. So that's not to say the deacon is not spiritually mature and committed right. to the word. Right. But they're not the full-time professional minister role. So they are there to help take some of that load off. So that's how... We really look at what is how do elders and deacons go together. That's one of the ways they go together. Is it's freeing up elders to do what they do, so the deacons can do a lot of this work. Mm -hmm. um, and you know we're still following the elders' lead because they're there to be our spiritual leaders of the church. Um, but I can already tell. I mean, I've only met once really so far with the elders and deacons. But the elders are interested in the input of the deacons. Mm -hmm. So we're an elder-led church, but that doesn't mean they don't want input from everybody. So I think part of it with deacons is. As elders, I think our elders are very connected to the congregation, but you can still only see so many people in the course of a week. So part of our role is to be boots on the ground of, well, what are you hearing out there? Like, how, how are people talking about this topic or how are they reacting to the situation in the world? How can we better serve our congregation? Um, who do you know that could help out with an area, like all the service stuff we've talked about? So that's where the deacons, um, who are all, I, I think almost every one of them is a small group leader. That's part of it too, because like, we're connected to people. Yep. Yep. So that just expands the visibility of the elders so much because the deacons are out there rubbing shoulders. So that's, that's a big part of it. And I think we're also, our role is to amplify whatever cadence the elders are setting in terms of what's the vision for this year yep. or what are the, the spiritual points we want to emphasize in this month. We can help carry that out and disseminate that. So we're just putting more legs to to what you guys are, have laid on your heart. Yeah, it, yeah, that's great. Well put. So at Sailorville, it's, it's you know, overseeing specific ministries, right? Which mm -hmm. you talked about, the safety, security team, parking, that kind of stuff. Those are categories of ministry that many of our deacon guys will oversee in a very hands-on specific kind of way. Uh, there's, um, there's the keeping a pulse on the people, and that's a two-way street. It's it's loving people, caring for people, meeting the needs of people in, in a very personal sort of way, and then also giving feedback and input and advice, honestly, to our elder team, our pastoral staff. And uh, so there's a couple of those things that really work uniquely together. And that's how God designed it. And uh, it looks different in different churches, but that's specifically how that works here. Absolutely. Yeah. We had a great deacon and elder retreat this last, uh, well, I guess it was this last weekend, mm -hmm. wasn't yeah. it? And Jim, you made a statement, I think, publicly, and I think, Trevor, you maybe followed up on it or whatever, but it was something to the effect of, man, this is just a great team. There's, there's just a great sense here. What, can you unpack that a little bit? I mean, for our people that may be on the other side of the camera thinking, what happens at something like that? What, what really makes that a special kind of relationship? Deacons together, deacons and elders together, elders even, that whole team. Well, I, I think it was, you know, my, what I was getting at there was just the uh, kind of a level of unity. Uh, I mean, we're all here to serve uh, the church. And um, it, that's the unity, uh, just kind of uh, bearing each other's burdens, mm -hmm. that kind of thing, praying for each other. 
uh, and then just the the quality of, of guys that are that were around I mean you can tell everybody is serious about what we're doing you can tell everybody uh, loves Sailorville Church and is is and wants to do what's best and you know there was just kind of that feeling of uh, you know we've we've got a really good team and that doesn't happen by you know, you don't fall into that. Yeah, right. It, it, it takes, there's a lot of work there. It takes a lot of effort. Um, and, you know, uh, kudos to Pastor Pat and all the elders for uh, kind of building that culture and, and developing the team. Yeah, and I, I haven't been here very long, but my understanding is it wasn't always like that. And God has really led us into that under the, you know, the, the lead pastor leadership yeah. Of, yeah. of Pastor Pat and the other elders and other men down through the, through the years. Yeah. So and that was encouraging. Legacy, good legacy. There. Yeah, good legacy. Good spiritual yeah. godly legacy there. Yeah. Um, okay, we're going to wrap it up, but I'd, I'd like to give you guys both an opportunity to just kind of speak to our people. And I'm going to put words in your mouth a little bit here, but uh, maybe I'm speaking just for me and or, or even the other elders, but I think I'm speaking for you guys too in, in this statement. We honestly counted an absolute humble, humble privilege to be able to serve in the ways that God has allowed us to serve in the roles that we have. I'm the discipleship pastor deacons both involved in serving in cell groups and other ways um this is this is absolutely a very humbling and exciting thing um to have these opportunities and in this church and at this time to be able to serve together and to serve the lord together with our people here at sailorville it's just a, it's just an awesome thing and i appreciate you guys uh being a part of this as well so trevor anything to share with our people as we wrap it up and then jim and i'll and i'll close you know, I think the main piece of advice, um, and this goes back to we had a um, discipleship yeah. uh, module, uh, was that a month or so ago, yeah. which I, is that video so people could go watch it, sure. parts of it. Um, so if you haven't had a chance, go watch it. But one of the things we talked about is how do we get more people in our church in discipling relationships? And that's why I just encourage everybody, find someone um, who you can have a close relationship with to talk about what's going on in your life. Uh, ideally, that starts in your small group. So if you're not in a small group, get involved in one. But even that on the men's side of the ministry, we've been trying, and the women too, trying to get into ever smaller groups, yeah. even down to four or five people who meet on a regular basis. And uh, I think one of the things, you know, kind of that I'll speak for Jim, again, when he was saying that what a great group he felt like the elders and the deacons were, I mean, I already feel, I, I just met some of those deacons for the first time, really, in a deep way this weekend. I feel like I could already call any of those guys with something going on in my life and mm. talk to them about it. Um, and it just, it was really touching. We had one guy right now facing a really difficult family situation. And Saturday we gathered around, we all prayed over him. And just to see all these guys come together supporting each other in that. Yeah. And that's why we want everybody to have that in our church, right? That's not an exclusive just for elders and deacons. Like we want in our small groups, we want everybody to have somebody in their life that when you're facing something, you can text them or get together with them. So I would just encourage everybody, be looking for someone you could get involved with on that level, whether you're the the more mature Christian or the less mature Christian? And ideally, you're both, right? I have someone yeah. who's more mature yeah. than me yeah, that's and right. someone who's following yeah. me. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm meeting with both sides of that. Yeah. So I'm growing, and I'm that's Second Timothy, right? Yeah. What I've taught you, pass it on to others. So I just encourage everybody, if you're not in that, that's, that is going to go so far toward the stress that everyone feels and the um, just the worry and the, uh, the anxiety. Having that kind of a community is going to go a long way. So that... I would love to see everybody in our church get into relationships like that. Yeah, really good. We're, we're better together. That's what we say, yep. right? So find someone or a small group of someones 
that can help point you to truth and help you be more like Jesus. Really good. Yeah, thanks, Trevor. Jim? Uh, Trevor said it all, really, but, <laughs> you know, to echo some of that, you know, there's there are opportunities to get involved. And if, and if you are not involved in a cell group and if you're not involved in a men's group or a women's group or or even you know it's uh the young uh young single group or yep. young adults, young adults whatever yeah. they're calling yeah young yeah. adults uh you know there are opportunities take advantage of that um and and grow you're gonna grow you're gonna meet people you're gonna meet people that are awesome and you're gonna meet people that you're gonna be able to serve with you know for years and decades to come and take that first step take that for and reach out and i know there's uh there's all those opportunities to get involved in a cell group and their starting point there's all that stuff um you know we can uh have all those things but we you know participate in that and you're going to be amazed at, at the world you're jumping into yeah, that's that's a great statement. You'll be amazed at the world you're jumping into. I yeah. I'm, uh, I hope that's always true. Yeah. Um, I, I will say it this way: if if you're um, if you're just a Sunday morning kind of Christian, right? And we all know what that means, even in this sort of online digital environment or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, if if you're just tuning in, either physically or online on Sunday morning, if you're getting an hour of church a week. Uh, that you're, you're probably missing a whole lot of what Jesus intended for you, right? Mm-hmm. It's the serving mm-hmm. in your area of giftedness. It's the putting others before yourself and by playing your part in the body of Christ. It's the getting into life change together kind of community. It's yeah. worship that is more than just a 60-minute thing on Sunday morning. And, and if that's you and you're watching this or listening to this, my goodness, don't continue that way if you want more there is more more. and more Mm -hmm. isn't just checking a a, you know a checkbox on a list of things to do it's about imitating jesus with other people and we get to do that you guys Mm -hmm. are sort of fairly new to sailorville really you are Mm -hmm. in the last several years and you jumped Mm -hmm. right in it was more than a sunday morning thing you don't have to be a deacon to do that jump in with both feet play your part ask the questions get involved Bring people around you and live the kind of life that Jesus wants you to live. It's not always easy, but when you live it like that, it is best. And you get to live it with each other, which is really, really awesome. So some great encouragements, great challenges. Guys, thank you so much. Thanks for opening up, for letting us get to know you, and and really more than that, your hearts and your um, just the joys and the excitements that, that each of you have about what God's doing in your life and in your family and even being here and I personally appreciate each of you as like as, a, as just me, myself, you know, <laughs> and, and then also I just sort of represent our church, I guess, in this area. I, I appreciate both of you and what you're already doing and who you are, more importantly. So cool. thank you, guys. And thank you to each of you that are tuned into this. And uh, I encourage you to, to go back and listen to some of this stuff again and to look up the passage of scripture that we talked about. And to uh, maybe just hit rewind in a couple of those sections that may be a little bit more meaningful and might resonate a little bit more with you. Other than that, we will see you next time on our Sailorville podcast.